Hey man, what's up? And welcome to another episode of Body Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of the hosts of the show, PJ Burner, along with my co-host Kellen Allen. You slowed it down like you were gonna give me like a nickname in there. I was kind of nervous, like Kellen. Uh... Just pausing for emphasis. Okay, okay. Just yeah, pausing I mean, for emphasis. You got my attention, yeah. so. Um... I guess a job well done. Because some people may not realize that your last name is Alan because they just breeze through that intro and they're not paying attention. <laughs> it's like the outro, the intro and the outro on the podcast are the two most wasted times on any podcast because most people just are not listening to those. Or, or they determine if they're going to turn it off or not by the intro. So, Right. Although most of the time, if they're serial listeners, if they listen over and over and over again, then they're saying it along with you as you say the intro. Maybe. <laughs> so people are probably out there going, what's up, man? Welcome to another episode. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, we know. Get to the point. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so maybe we should just not do an intro, one of these. Just, just and jump just right. That'd be awesome. Like we were saying yeah. just a minute ago. So, yeah. yeah. No, we shouldn't do that. Because, you know, respectable podcasts have an intro they associated have an intro. with them. Right? Yes, they do. And if there's one thing that we want to be as a as a podcast, <laughs> respectable. We yes, want to be we respectable. Do. That's a good that's a good quality to have for a podcast. And for a man. And for a man. And for a personal trainer. And for a personal trainer. Uh <laughs> yeah. There, there's a story behind that. And um working in the fitness industry, there was always this underlying as as I'm interviewing someone, especially people that are coming on as personal trainers. You couldn't say this, definitely couldn't say this nowadays uh, in today's culture of like, you, you probably should get in shape before you, you know, apply to be a personal trainer. It's body shaming. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, you can't say it now because every, you know, everybody's one size fits all and it's, it's all good. There's no such thing as large or small. Everybody's just, you're just body, I guess, whatever. So uh, as, as you interview people in the fitness industry, I guess the sort of underlying message is if you're going to be a personal trainer, you should probably do the things that you're going to coach somebody to do. You can't show up on a job as a personal trainer with McDonald's and say, hey, I don't really work out, but this is why you should do it. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Um, you know, got a couple Twinkies here. If you finish that set, that's not going to be, it's not going to be good. I'm uh, just thinking of a guy on a bench press right. with a Twinkie hanging above. <laughs> Come on. Trying to work out those extra reps. You really want this? Once you work it off, then we're going to fill it back up with this Twinkie. And then, I mean, it's kind of good because I guess you get them back in next time. Remember that Twinkie you ate? You got to come work that off. Right, Um, right. So anyway, but yeah, it was just funny just being in the fitness industry and seeing personal trainers come in because, you know, some of them would be like, you know, I'm not getting clients um, like I really want to get clients. And there would be an obvious reason. But you never say that, of course. And it's like, you know what? You should probably, the things that you're telling people to do, you want to make sure you're doing them because, you know, a lot of your marketing is who you are. People want to look at you in the gym and say, like, I'd like to work out with that guy because I see him working out every day or he seems to be in shape, whatever. And obviously it's just external. But, you know, when you're trying to get clients, it's important that you do, you practice what you you preach. And so, um yeah, that was always uh, a, a funny thing that we never really said, but it was always understood by every trainer that applied for a job. But yeah, we were. I was thinking about that, and then even thinking about our lives as Christians. Of you know, we have to also, especially men of God, be those men that practice what we preach. And uh, it's so easy to to get in the habit of saying, "Hey, you should do this, you should do that," and then not have that introspective of our own life and say, "Am I am I truly doing that myself?" So. 
Yeah. And as we talk about it today, respectable um, is a, a great way to start because more often than not, before you even get in the conversation with people, they're just going to look at your life. They're going to look at it on the external and say, hey, that guy has a life that's following Christ that I want to know more about or I want to ask more questions. Or they're going to be like, who is he to ever say anything um, because his life is in disarray? Right. Yeah, they're they're that is if they've got that time. Otherwise, they're going to listen to you initially and then watch you, right? But either way, they're going to watch you. Either way, they're going to want to know, okay, what type of life are you living? Is this a life of integrity? And you got to be a personal trainer who's out of shape and call others to to do what you're not doing lacks integrity. And it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And likewise, to be a, a man of God, to be a Christian, um, and not live out what you're calling others to live out also lacks integrity and doesn't make a lot of sense. And the scriptures talk about that concept of, about being uh, people of integrity for us, men of integrity. And uh, one of those areas is in Philippians chapter one, verses 27 through 28, where Paul says this, he says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation in that from God. So really we're talking about how we conduct ourselves and that we want to conduct ourselves in a respectable way by letting our manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, how you are living out your relationship with Christ. Kellen, what is that? What are some things that go into that? What are some attributes of a man who's respectable when it comes to his conduct in life? One of the main areas is when you have adversity in your life, people are going to be curious on how you're going to respond. And that that just shows a lot. That shows much about how much we actually trust that God's in control of everything. And so it's easy to say it, of course, when things are going well, it's like, yeah, I trust God and God's sovereign over all. But like when, th- when trouble happens in your life and you go through some tribulation or challenges, it's like, how do you respond? Do you still have that same faith that, yep, God is in control. He's using this for my good to, to shape me and mold me to be more like him. Uh, and I'm, I'm joyful in it uh, and I'm hopeful and I'm calm even in adversity. And so that's a, a key indicator of sort of where your faith lies is how you respond, how your conduct is when uh, adversity strikes. Yeah. And even not just adversity, but just in general, how about just being a a diligent worker? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you having a respectable uh, reputation is not just with on the inside of the church, but it's also on the outside as well. It's, it's how your boss looks at you. Um, Does your manner of work in, for your employer, does it is it worthy of the gospel of Christ? Is it worthy of somebody who's a new creation in Christ? Is it worthy of somebody who's working not to please men, but to please the Lord? Um, that's huge. Yeah, just being somebody who's not trying to, to hit the minimum, but excelling still more, going beyond what's required of you, beyond what's asked of you. Uh, that you're somebody that somebody's going to look at and say, this is a stand-up guy, as maybe they used to say uh, back in the day, right? Um, whenever that day <laughs> Way was. Back when, yeah. yeah, this is a stand-up guy. This is a guy that's a man of integrity. This is, he's respectable. He's somebody that you should want to follow and be like. And, and you sh- men should have that reputation, hopefully, yes, within the church. Hopefully, yes, at home, <laughs> right? Yeah. But then also, yeah, in your workplace. Y- you should be, your reputation should not be somebody that's just punching a clock trying to get to the weekend. But your reputation should be somebody that is doing the job and doing it with excellence every single time that you're you're showing up. Yeah, because you, I mean, what's 
what's a better witness than to have a, a non-Christian know that they got somebody that they can count on more than anybody else in the workplace. And even thinking about that from that uh, having that respectability is for somebody to be able to give you a job or a task and know, hey, I know it's in good hands. I know it's going to get done. Not I got to double check that person because I don't trust them. They might cut corners. Uh, that's not a reputation we want to have as believers. We want to have that reputation that, look, we, you are, you're my boss here from an earthly standpoint, but I got a boss that is much greater than you that I'm seeking to please in everything that I do. And so they should feel that, and that should be a, a great witness for us as well. Right. So not just your, your conduct, but then let's just shift kind of more personally to your, your lifestyle, that we should be respectable men when it comes to our, uh, our lifestyle. And so First uh, Timothy 4, 7 through 8 says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. And that's what we're talking about here, training for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, which is why Kellen was employed for a little while, um, <laughs> godliness is of value in every way, which is why Kellen is employed now. There you right? go. Thank you. As it holds promise for the, the present life and also for the life to come. So, uh, yeah, what are we talking about when we're talking about having a respectable lifestyle? It's, it's presenting that lifestyle that is uh, attractive to an outsider, even attractive to a, a non-Christian. And again, not that we're trying to sell anybody because we can't do that. It's God that does the transforming. But people should look at our lives and see that we have this this hope and this joy about this life because we know this is not our home. We know ultimately we're going to be uh, dwelling with, with God and uh, for eternity. And we are on a mission uh, while we are here uh, every day that we wake up. We have a job to uh, job to, to move forward with. And the, the great part about that is, again, we are working for the Lord. Like everything that we do, we do is for God. And so people should look at our lives as Christian and say like, man, that seems great. Not like, oh man, that, that seems hard and depressing. And uh, they always seem like they're stressed out or, or angry, whatever it is. But have an attractive lifestyle and not burdensome because, again, we have a hope. Right. And in fact, we're called by Paul that that we should be people that are adorning the gospel, mm-hmm. right? That that is what we're supposed to be doing in Titus chapter 2. Um, so does your lifestyle make the gospel more attractive to people? Um, and uh, and yeah, that's that's kind of looking inward at, at your motivations, your drive, everything, and, and just checking kind of that that personal test on yourself to say, okay, is uh, not just is my reputation intact, but personally, is there um, is there the right drive here? Am I motivated and driven uh, not just by what other people think about me, but am I motivated and driven by what I want God to think about me? Um, you know, bodily training, like we said in First Timothy four, is of some value, and. Uh, Yet godliness, he says, is value in every single way. Why? Well, he says, because the value, it matters not just in this life. It does matter in this life, and it does help us in this life, and it also helps the gospel and adorns the gospel in this life. But even more importantly, bodily training uh, does not transcend the grave, but spiritual godly training does. It has value eternally as well. So your pursuit of a respectable life is not just about the here and now, but it's also about the then and there. It's about storing up a reward for yourself uh, for that day that we will stand before Christ and hopefully, Lord willing, uh, hear from him, well done, good and faithful servant. But uh, yeah, we want to have a lifestyle that is uh, not just about what other people think, but it's about what other people think because we are first and foremost concerned about what God thinks 
about us and that overflows into the the other areas of our lives. Right. And I think it's one thing we to, to hit on what Paul mentions here is that bodily training. And he does stress that it is, you know, second tier importance when when it comes to godliness. But there's something about that that Paul mentions there. He mentions in First Corinthians of uh, part of our lifestyle is being able to discipline our body, as we talked about on last episode, and and doing things like working out and 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 feeding our body right. And again, not that that's the end all be all. That should be a means to an end because that's going to give us more energy. That's going to give us more discipline, even in the things that we do uh, in our life, to be able to be more godly, to be able to uh, represent Christ better. When we have more energy, when we have. Uh, you know, that stamina to play with our kids or, you know, be affectionate with our wives and go the extra mile when it comes to serving people because we are, um, you know, we, we're treating our body well as, as well. It's, it's a gift for us, and ultimately it's a means to an end to glorify God even more. So there's some value there. And I, I, I guess part of that was for me because you tried to put it out there that that's why I was, that's <laughs> you, why I was for, here first. <laughs> you can <laughs> take my, the trainer out of the gym, but you can't take the gym out of the trainer. Is that the, what you're trying to say? A little bit there. I right. like that you slipped that in there, just that plug, compass active compass plug active. there. there I, I didn't say it. You just said it there. Yeah. But since you said it, compass active, go ahead and uh, yeah. check that out and come out to a, an, an active event. Right, right. <laughs> All right. So conduct, lifestyle, and then just kind of the third uh, bucket to think about as far as uh, being men who are respectable is uh, being respectable in our communication, uh, being respectable in what we say and how we talk with people. And this can cover a lot of different areas and, and take on a lot of different areas. Um, uh, Proverbs 18 is one of my favorite passages when it comes to how we use our words. Uh, one of my favorite Verses from there is a fool's lips invite a beating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His mouth walks into a fight, right? Um, <laughs> so there's just a, an intentionality there about not being pugnacious with our words, not not wanting to fight and create conflict unnecessarily, but even just our tone. And, and sometimes, man, we got to push back from the table and think, is it more respectable for me to send a text message or an email or to pick up the phone and call somebody or to right. have a face-to-face conversation with somebody? Right. Because there are going to be times where our tone can be misinterpreted, um, we've all, I'm sure Kellen, you've done it and, and I've done it. You've received an email and you you're reading that email and you're reading a tone that maybe the person didn't intend right. to be there. Yeah. Um, or a text and you're going, man, this guy is such a jerk. I can't believe he, he typed it that way. Like I can yeah. hear the rage. Now, some of you guys out there do those things. <laughs> right. You send the emails in all caps and here's the deal, man. Take the caps lock off. Like right. never, ever send anything in all caps. If I could all cap anything, it would be that statement. Never, <laughs> ever send anything in all caps. Or or bold and underline certain things. Right. Like, I, I can read. Like I, if you need that level of communication, pick, pick up, up the, the phone. phone. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, we got to be careful about how we communicate and being respectable in what we say. Yeah. And another passage, uh, James talks about that in James 3 when he talks about taming the tongue. And he, he, he's putting emphasis on the tongue is while it's just such a small, you think about it compared to the rest of our body, it's just a, such a small muscle, it, it can get us in a lot of trouble. Uh, and just the words that we say, if we're not careful, they can tear people apart. And we need to, to really be careful of that, especially Ephesians 4, 29 says it this way. I want to read this. says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that if 
that it may give grace to those who hear. And so that's what we should be doing. Those are the things that we should be talking about and constantly asking ourselves, is this building someone up? Is this, uh, you know, glorifying God by the words that I'm about to say? Is this going to get them in a close relationship um, to Christ, regardless of who they are, non-Christian, Christian, Christian, uh, your kids? Does this uh, glorify God? We need to think about that. And uh, like you were just talking about, the, the battle that we have in today's day and age that they that they didn't have back in the day, I'll use what you just said, um, is social media, right? And sometimes people would have to write letters. And I imagine if you're writing a letter, you have time to think about it. And do I really want to send this? And as I'm writing these words, uh, I might even write them in all caps. Should I write them in all caps? You got more time to think about it. Here in this day and age, it's, you know, it takes a couple seconds and then hit send and that's it. It's gone. It's there. You can't get that back. Um, no matter how much you try to recall that message, it's not coming back. They've probably already opened it. And so we have to be even more, uh, just protective of our words and what we type and what we say so that we don't, uh, you know, fracture our relationship with somebody that um, potentially God has put in our life to witness, to disciple. Um, and so, yeah, that small thing is our tongue, but very powerful when it comes to um, disrupting uh, just their relationship right. with you or relationship with Christ. Right. And I think another thing that we need to think about is, is when you mentioned social media too, is even our communication that's not directed specifically to one person, like mm. we're not sending a direct message or DMing as the young folk like to say, um, but we're just putting a post out there. And, you know, Facebook has basically turned into the place where people go to, to rant against the problems of the world. Like, right. I, I don't know what your Facebook feed looks like, but mine basically looks at everybody who's angry at politics and everybody who's angry at coronavirus and everybody's angry at, and I'm reading through some of these posts going, man, where is our witness for Christ? Right. You know, where is like, what does this stuff matter in a hundred years? Um, and you know, is you, do you really want to sign your name to what you just wrote there? Um, you, you want to stand before Christ and have him read that Facebook post and look at you and say, Hey, what, what, what was going on here? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we need to be careful there in how we communicate. I know I'm, I'm stepping on red toes, um, and I've got red toes, too. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Can you clarify that? I don't know if I've red, heard that one. Red toes, uh, meaning uh, what type of state? Are you red state, blue state? Red, oh, yeah, you yeah, just yeah, floated yeah. together. I'm like, yeah. are the toes already bruised? No, like, I'm not, and I'm not talking about painting toenails or anything. <laughs> yeah, you, thanks um, for clarifying. All right, yeah, here we go. Now we're back. Unique and strange. <laughs> Um, I thought as I was saying, I've got red toes that guys yeah. are like, what does he, he's painting? No, 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 no. I, you guys know what I'm so talking about here. I'm not, I'm not, not advocating for the direction that's opposite of your right hand. I'm not, okay. I'm not. Um, I'm just saying, I think we, we place a, a far too great, uh, an inordinate amount of emphasis and we, we waste so much ink electronically and digitally. Um, arguing for our political point of view rather than promoting Christ in the gospel. Uh, and our political point of view does not equal Christ in the gospel. Nobody's does. Um, one may be closer than the other, but we're supposed to represent Christ, not represent a, our favorite politician or get angry over the current state of politics. And, you know, this is going to lead to a bad review. We already got one bad review from somebody yeah, named, named like, American 0000001 American, right? That was trashed us and said he's embarrassed to listen to us. Well, don't listen to us then. That's fine. Turn us off. Um, that, because, look, we're here to, to push you guys towards Christ. And that's what we're going to do. And, um, dude, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little worked up. I'm not going to lie. It's one of those days. 
where, <laughs> I mean, we were talking about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's just like one thing after another, after another, after another. But, um, you know, what is respectable? I, I think I know where you're going with this. And, or if, if not, then I'm going to say it. So it's you, four and one. That is very respectable. That's res- especially when the one is a loss to the defending Super Bowl champions. Sure. That could have been a win. Should have been a win. Had Greg the leg hit Who, a couple field goals. He, he, he's doing well now. He, he's he's in, rebounded. He, he's in a groove now, yeah. but, you know, whatever. Yeah. But four and one. Is respectable. I mean, firing on all cylinders. We got uh, the, the the new modern Deion Sanders <clears throat> yep. in our secondary. Trayvon. Trayvon Diggs. Uh, if you're listening, then... I don't know if he's listening, but <laughs> send, us, send us a shout out. Uh, yeah, right? we'd love it because yeah. uh, we love the way you're playing. Right, uh, keep right. it up. Even yeah. Anthony Brown, right? I mean, he's fourth in the league in passes defended, and he's got two interceptions. He's fifth in the league in interceptions, and he's feeling good. He he said, "This is what he said. He said I'm feeling as as good as I've ever felt, and I feel like my game is only going to go up from here." I, I which no so. athlete has ever said before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> none of them. He was the first, but yeah, he was. Uh, he was the one that he, I think we're getting people like Anthony, but who are we talking about now? Anyway, he's the uh, Dallas Cowboys. We're talking about the Cal- Dallas America's Cowboys. He's the other cornerback. And I was probably one of the first ones on his bandwagon because he was a, he was an underdog. He wasn't supposed to be playing. And I'm like, you know what? This is going to be a good experience for him. He's going to get out there. He had a great rookie year because nobody really knew much of him. And then after that, he just kind of fell bad, uh, but he's picking it up. But anyway, to, to generalize a little more, Cowboys are respectable. Uh, they are looking like America's team, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to say that, that I feel yeah. like they're America's team. Yeah. They are the team. They've always been America's team. They, All, they, no, they, they no. have been by label. We've never ceded that title. I agree. There's one America's team, and it's the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Period. I feel good right now That's, to, to support that. Yes, and because they're respectable. They are respectable. And, man, we hope that you are going to be living this week as uh, respectable, quality men of God, and we'll be praying for you that direction starting right now.